Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to worship with Paisley St. George's, whether that be here in the sanctuary or via the web or on the telephone. Welcome, whether you're here Sunday by Sunday or have not been for a while. Welcome if this is your first time joining with us. Welcome if this is your thousand and first time with us. Yes, and some folk it will be. You are all welcome. Take a moment to say hello to the folks nearby. <laughs> and after worship, you're welcome to join us to share in friendship and fellowship over tea and coffee in the large hall. And an especially big welcome to the boys and girls back with us. I know some of you have been here off and on during the summer and it's been brilliant to see you, but it's super to know that Sunday school or young church starts again today and we'll be talking more later. The call to worship this morning is responsive. So, those of you in the centre of the church, mind you, that looks awfully wee, just looking around. Those of you in the centre of the church and this side will make group A and the rest of you will make group B. Okay, and we'll try this and then we all say the all bits. So it's printed in the order of service. So have we all got that open in front of us? Good. We gather here to worship God. with voices ready to sing praise. God knows us. We gather together to worship God. We come to God in reverence and awe. God gives us life. So let us worship God by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 129. The Lord is King, lift up your voice. Hymn number 129.
And now we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Parent God, we gather as brothers and sisters, young and old, all bound by our love for you and for the wonderful universe you have created. We meet here united as one, drawn here by our love for Jesus. We come to sing and share more of your story. We come to listen and learn more of your love and to understand more of what we are called to do in this amazing world. For Lord, we are created in your image and we each have a part to play in bringing the kingdom here and now. But we come humbly into your presence, aware of our faults and failings. We come and offer our apologies for all we have done wrong or the good we failed to do in this past week. We ask your forgiveness and seek to turn back to you and choose to follow in your ways. Lord, we are well aware of the needs of the world, locally and globally. We know we have work to do to bring peace and justice, and we'll bring it for all our brothers and sisters. Give us strength, Lord, to step out in your name. Help us to take your love to all in need. So be it. And hear us now as we pray in the words of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, it's lovely to see you back this morning. And it was lovely to see you from time to time during the long summer holidays. But now they're over and you're back at school, aren't you? Is it good? Did Emdy go to school for the first time? Miller! Wow! Do you know, I was just thinking of when I first came here, and you were little more than a baby. <laughs> how time passes and how you have grown. Is school good, Miller? No. Oh, dear. Oh, it's so different from nursery, isn't it? Uh-huh, I know, but never mind. It'll get... It should get better. Do you like school, Freya? It's okay. Fair enough. What about you, Alexander? Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Aye. Now, I wonder what's in my bag this morning. Who wants to look and see? Uh, come on, Miller, since you're a big schoolboy now, you have a look. Juggling balls. Juggling balls. Oh. Oh my. Can you juggle? Do you want to try? No. Anybody want to try? You want to try, Freya? Right. Oops. I can't even catch it. Do you want to come out and try? No, you'll just try there. Okay. You have to throw one up. Oh. Is Alexander going? You want to try, Miller? Well, let Alexander have a shot and then you can have a shot. You need three to juggle. 
<laughs> oh, you want to have a shot, Miller? Okay, you have a shot. You, don't, you can only juggle with one. What about the grown-ups? Then do you want a shot? No? No? Miller? Can... Oh. Well, I try. Well, I try. Oh, I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. I'll try again. Ah. One more go. One more go. Okay, so, how do you think I managed that? Practice makes perfect, yeah. And how do we learn how to do something? You try and try and try. And sometimes you need somebody to show you. And sometimes you can learn by reading a book. How to juggle. <laughs> so there you go. And I've been practicing, but I've obviously not been practicing enough. I like doing this. <laughs> so, so let's leave those there. Okay. So no matter what we want to do, if we want to get better at it, we have to practice and practice and practice. And it's easier to learn if you've got somebody to show you who's really patient and kind. And if we want to learn to be good people, then who can we learn from? Who can we learn from? Your parents, yes. And we can learn from teachers, your, oh, your mum. And we can learn from Jesus, can't we? We can learn from Jesus by listening to stories about him and to listening to him telling us stories. And we can learn from that by reading our Bibles and by praying. But just like learning to do anything new, we've got to keep going, haven't we? Because I'll get better. I haven't tried juggling for ages. And I would get much better if I practiced every day. Maybe that's what I should do this week. <laughs> but we need to persevere to keep going. And we're going to sing a song. We're going to sing, I will make you fishers of men. But we're going to sing a second verse to it. And the second verse is, and the actions for it are, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Okay? So we'll sing, I will make you fishers of men, with the actions for making you fishers of men and for reading your Bible. I'm going to switch this off so you don't hear me sing. <laughs>
to the halls now and I'm sure there's lots there for you to do and you'll have good fun doing that. So see you all next week. Now, why don't you try and bring a friend next week? That would be great. Okay? Thank you. We turn now to the intimations and they are mainly in the order of service. The Boys Brigade, the 15th Paisley, our own company, starts on Tuesday and Friday next week and the times are given there and BB is for boys from primary one right the way up to the Leave High School and we also hope that they stay with us beyond that and many of them do that I'm sure we'll hear soon as to when the Brownies and Gilts Guides, Rainbows and Gills Brigade are restarting. The ladies' breakfast will be held this Saturday at 9.45. Cost is £6. There are menus and posters throughout the corridors and the large hall. Please see Kenny Ross or Brent Dory for tickets. Stuart's here as well today, so I don't know, are you included in that, Stuart? Yeah, see Stuart? <laughs> Kenny's saying see Stuart. Okay, fair enough. Uh, date for your diary, 10th of September from 4pm onwards. Uh, church barbecue, beetle drive and quiz. That sounds like good fun to me. Slips are around the church. Complete one and put it in the silver box and we hope to see you there. I have two additional intimations this morning. First of all, a very brief one for the ladies of the Flower Committee. Could they please meet in the north transept for a short time at the close of worship this morning? And the second one is advance notice of a talk from Release International partner Bob Fu, who's president of China Aid, and that will be held on Tuesday, the 4th of October, 2022, at 7.30 at Hamilton Baptist Church in Hamilton. There are posters up, and Moira will have more details if you want them, Moira. Where are you? Okay, Moira over there will have more details if you want them. And these are all the intimations. We turn now to scripture, which we read for us this morning by Stuart, one of our elders and a member of the choir. Let us hear the word of God as it is contained in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 58, reading from verse 9 to verse 14. If you put an end to oppression, to every gesture of contempt, and to every evil word, if you give food to the hungry and satisfy those who are in need, then the darkness around you will turn to the brightness of noon, and I will always guide you and satisfy you with good things. I will keep you strong and well. You will be like a garden that has plenty of water, like a spring of water that never runs dry. Your people will rebuild what has long been in ruins, building again on the old foundations. You will be known as the people who rebuilt the walls, who restored the ruined houses. 
The Lord says, if you treat the Sabbath as sacred and do not pursue your own interests on that day, if you value my holy day and honour it by not travelling, working or talking idly on that day, then you will find the joy that comes from serving me. I will make you honoured all over the world and you will enjoy the land I gave to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then we turn to the New Testament and St. Luke's Gospel. And there we read from chapter 19, from verse 10. One Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in a synagogue. A woman there had an evil spirit that had made her ill for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, Woman, you are free from your illness. He placed his hands on her, and at once she straightened herself up and praised God. The official of the synagogue was angry that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, so he spoke up and said to the people, There are six days in which we should work, so come during these days and be healed, but not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Any one of you would untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and take it out to give it water on the Sabbath. Now here is this descendant of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound up for 18 years. Should she not be released, at released on the Sabbath? His answer made his enemies ashamed of themselves, while the people rejoiced over all the wonderful things that he did. Amen, and may God add his blessing to these readings from his holy word. Thank you, Stuart. Our next hymn is new to us, and it's the hymn that the choir sang as the introit. It's hymn number 350, When Jesus the Healer Passed Through Galilee. And I'm sure by the time we've sung all seven verses, we will have got hold of the tune. It is quite catchy, and they are short verses. So hymn number 350, When Jesus the Healer Passed Through Galilee.
And so we've gathered together today. But let, as we gather this morning, let's not forget that we do so to meet with God in the quiet, to take delight in this hour that is our worship, and to recognize God, to recognize God in the words of the Bible, and in the love and in the needs of friends and strangers. But let's start by thinking about the passage from Isaiah. And within this passage, there is a very rich and captivating image of thriving and revival. And this, I am sure, is what we all want for church. We want to see church thrive. And I've said it before, and I will no doubt say it again, that the Church of Scotland is constantly reforming. At the moment, within the Church of Scotland, there are many changes afoot. And I think most of us feel perhaps overwhelmed by what is going on. We're unsettled by what is going on. And as we work through these times of change, then we need to focus on God's word. To focus on God's word and God's purpose, for we must never forget, never forget that this is God's church. It's not our church, it's God's church. And we are part of his church. We are part of God's church. In Isaiah, verse 12 talks about rebuilding. It talks about rebuilding, not abandoning and moving elsewhere. But things change and grow as you move on. And within the church, we have a great musical heritage. We have a form of worship that most of us are familiar with. It's beautiful and very often we feel it to be life-giving. And it is these things if we use it to move forward, if it's used to nourish and to move forward and not to cling to that phrase that I've used before, it's I been that way. Mm -hmm. Nor are our churches to be turned into museums. And that actually just, thinking about that just now, I was thinking about that on Iona earlier this year. We were in Iona Abbey, and it is now run basically by Historic Scotland. And for me that afternoon, and I'm not criticising Iona Abbey for doing that, but for me that afternoon, there was a sense of being in more of a museum than a church. But that's by the by. That's by the by. For the function of the church is to worship God and to preach the gospel, not to preserve buildings that are no longer fit for purpose. Now, Iona, I know, is a very special place, and I know that the community of Iona does absolutely fantastic work. So please, when I'm saying that, what I'm sharing with you was my thoughts on that day. But the function of the church is to worship God and to preach the gospel. And that is what the Iona community does. It worships God and it preaches the gospel. And it's passed over, if you like, the running of their buildings to someone else. Church is about looking forward. It's about building on the foundations of our forebears. It's about building for future hope. So I ask you this question. Are we living actively in the now and not yet? Or are we looking passively, looking passively towards the demise of the church? God's church is not static. It has to be dynamic. This morning I spoke with the youngsters about returning to school 
and we listened to what they told us. Our young folk are part of today's church and we must hear their voices. Our organisations will soon be starting, Girls Brigade, Boys Brigade, all sections of guiding, and from what I'm hearing, other good things are being planned for our young folk. I believe that St George's is on the cusp of change. Lots to look forward to within this congregation. Lots to be done in God's name as we move forward. And the words we heard from the book of Isaiah, they're clearly not being spoken to people who have everything sorted. My feeling is that within St George's, this congregation recognises that we don't have everything sorted. And the message from Isaiah is that if you change, God will be with you and there will be justice, a good future where we can worship God. And that is an appropriate message for all our churches and especially for the Church of Scotland at the moment with all the reform and change that we're going through. And at times it does seem as if we're so focused on restructuring, so focused on what the future might hold. But we need to heed the Sabbath and we need to hear God saying to us that we can be set free. The Sabbath and the appropriate way to use it is mentioned a few times in today's passages. The Sabbath should be a time and place of healing. Every single gathering of the church should be a gathering of healing. Can we say that of the various meetings that we hold as church? Every single meeting, every gathering should be a gathering of healing. And then turning to the passage we read from Luke's Gospel, it sounds as if there were differences here. Questions were asked. And there's something in there around a place of shame. And the church can still shame people quite a lot. But let's be clear, it is not our place. It is not our role to do that. Jesus did things that led to rejoicing. So this is intriguing. Who did Jesus shame in today's story of healing? Well, it wasn't the woman, nor was it the witnesses. It was the respectable leaders. Now, I don't know about you, but I know when I read the Bible and I, or I listen to stories from the Bible, I always want to put myself in the shoes of the good people. And today it's no different. When we hear these stories of the church, we put ourselves into the position of Jesus rather than the position of the religious leaders and those being put to shame. I suppose it's only human nature that we put ourselves in the place of the, of the winner or the victim. And we can be guilty of reading ourselves into the story in a convenient or a comfortable way. But well, when Jesus speaks, Jesus shakes everything up. Everything is shaken up and what remains is the truth. For the gospel shakes us up. And through the love of Jesus, we can be healed just like the lady in today's gospel. Do you remember the Valdunican song? Walk tall and look the world right in the eye? Yeah. And that's what the unnamed woman in today's gospel story had been unable to do for 18 long years. 18 long years of being unable to straighten up and look the world in the eye. Her condition would have disadvantaged her in any number of ways, 
quite apart from the obvious strain of living with constant pain and the inability to do the everyday simple tasks. If we think about height difference, a teacher will stand up to reinforce his or her control over an unruly class. Or a good interviewer will make sure that his or her chair is on the same height than that of a client or a candidate. It's always good to be on the same level as the person you are talking to. I never feel comfortable standing above someone and looking down as I talk to them. I'd much rather be able to make eye-to-eye -eye contact with the person to whom I'm talking. And you know, a pitch was recently made on Dragon's Den for funding for a device that would make it seem as though participants in a Zoom meeting were looking at each other directly rather than staring into a corner of the, street, the screen. For relative height gives out really important messages about status. And we all know that eye contact is a very good way, is very important in good communications. But for almost two decades, for 18 years, this woman has been unable to deal with anyone on an equal basis. If the curvature of her spine was severe enough, she wouldn't have been able to see the other person at all, far less establish eye contact. And without any deliberate malice, or possibly without either party being fully aware of what was happening, the woman would have found herself being talked over or talked about. You know the sort of thing? Does she take sugar? I'm sure we've been aware of it with people who are in wheelchairs, that people will talk to the person pushing the chair rather than the person in the chair. So this lady would have been ignored or possibly not even noticed. And she might well have hastened that disappearing process by withdrawing into herself and keeping quiet so as not to draw unwelcome attention. Even her name had been lost to her, and a cry of woman was enough to attract her attention. Against this background, Jesus' response is significant in several ways. He noticed her, firstly, and called her out of hiding. In other healings, the touch comes first before any words are spoken. But that would have been terrifying for someone who couldn't see what was happening around her. So Jesus showed his respect for the woman by speaking to her first and only then offering a safe touch of his hands to her shoulder. The woman's condition was assumed by her contemporaries to be the work of an evil spirit. And that's a foreign concept to most of us but I'm sure we can identify with the fear which serious illness induces, because that fear is universal. And one way of coping with that is to externalize it. And sometimes cancer patients will give their tumor a name, or people may speak of an illness being upon them. But whatever the cause of this woman's being bent double, Jesus set the woman free from this ailment and her whole life was transformed. And what was the first thing she did after her healing? 
after standing up straight, the first thing she did was to praise God. She praised God, not caring who saw her or heard her. And then we move on to a dialogue, a dialogue between Jesus and the synagogue leader. And this dialogue is part of an ongoing niggling conflict over Sabbath observance, part of a bigger issue. The bigger issue being that Jesus claims to be in direct communication with God and the authority which allows him to interpret the law as he sees fit, to allow him to do that without reference to the religious authorities. And sometimes, sometimes as here, it seems as if Jesus is deliberately provoking the religious authorities. He, he argues that healing the woman on the Sabbath was like untying an animal and taking it to drink. Well, that doesn't bear scrutiny because without water, the animal would die. The woman, after 18 years of disability, surely could have waited 24 hours. And both Jesus and the folks in the synagogue must have known this. The fact that his opponents were put to shame has less to do with the power of his reasoning than with the vocal support of the entire crowd in the synagogue. For Jesus was speaking for them. He was challenging religious self-righteousness in a way that they'd been unable to do. Woman, he said, you are set free. What would it be like for the voice of young people, of minority groups, to be set free in the church? Or indeed for the church to be set free? Church, you are set free from your despondency. For God sets us free. God sets us free. And in his infinite wisdom, he blessed us with the freedom of choice. What we do with this freedom is up to us. So let's remember the words from Isaiah. Put an end to oppression, to every gesture of contempt, to every evil word. Give food to the hungry. Satisfy those in need. I will always guide you. God, God sets us free. God sets us free to live for him. So as he sets us free, let us be like the woman healed after 18 years. Let us praise God. Let us be his hands and his feet in the world today. For God has no other hands, no other feet but ours. But to finish, maybe these are the words of the woman healed after 18 crippling years. I can see people's faces. I can see my family. I can see my friends. I can see where I'm going. I can see the tops of trees and houses. I can see the sky. I can feel the sun on my face. I saw the face of the man who spoke to me, the man whose hands touched me. It was a kind face. He was smiling. It felt like God was smiling at me. May God smile on all of us. Amen.
We worship God once again by singing hymn number 718, We Cannot Measure How You Heal, hymn number 718. And now, as the choir sing the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward.
our prayers will be led by Stuart this morning. Let us dedicate our offering. Creator God, who has given us this world and all that is in it, we now give to you some of the wealth we have created, some physically, some electronically, to be used to build your kingdom on earth. Let us now join in our prayers for the church, the world, and ourselves. Heavenly Father, we pray for our children and young folk as they resume their studies and leisure activities. We pray for those who received their higher results this week and whatever the results, they may find fulfillment in their choices for the future. Be with all leaders and teachers who teach and guide our young, whatever their age, as they search for knowledge. Ever-loving God, we thank you we can come here to worship you every Sunday. We know there are many who do not have the same privilege. We ask your protection for those who are in danger of persecution and imprisonment for declaring the gospel. God of justice, we pray for men, women and children throughout the world who lack what we have in abundance, for people who have no peace or security in their lives, for families who have no homes and who lack clean water, fresh food and adequate medical care, for refugees living in temporary shelters who hope to find new lives but instead feel unwelcome and forgotten, for volunteers who risk their lives to save and treat victims of war, for all who work to bring peace and reconciliation into places of violent conflict. Merciful Father, as we look at all you have created, we will also look in despair at the destruction and pollution caused by our hands. We pray that you will raise up people with knowledge and influence, who are not afraid to speak, about against, speak out against apathy and greed. Encourage us to do better, to make the changes that will reverse the damage. God of healing, we pray for all doctors and nurses whose knowledge, skill and compassion do so much to alleviate pain and illness. We pray for all who are suffering today in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage, hope, and peace, and the knowledge you are present in their pain. God of love, we pray for those who feel the pain of grief at the loss of a loved one. Help us to support those who mourn, both with our prayers, but with words of comfort, and with practical help both this day and the weeks to come. Gracious God, we pray for the fellowship of St. George's, for all who serve in a leadership role, for those who prepare services and outreach activities, 
for those who use their skills and talents in practical ways, often unseen or acknowledged. May our motives always be pure and help us to be gentle with ourselves and others. All things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. We close this morning's service of worship by standing if able to sing 468, Son of God, Eternal Saviour, hymn 468. As we go from here, give us the compassion we need to meet people's needs. Help us to make time for those around us and may this community be a place of love and freedom for all. And the blessing of Almighty God, 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.